Good morning, everyone. This is Pastor Troy Bond with the Raven Institute of Ministry and Biblical Studies coming to you live right here from sunny central Florida. And here with me today is our special guest. They call me Pastor Monzel, but you just call me Monzel. <laughs> Pastor Monzel with me. Pastor Monzel is actually our director of Raven South Florida, and he has blessed us enough. He's going to be up here this weekend helping us with some outreach. Mm-hmm. And so good to have you, Pastor Monzel, sitting here in the... In the in the co-pilot seat, they call it the hot seat. The hot seat. That's Why what I don't tell. know. I don't, I don't either, brother. <laughs> it's so cool here. So it is. Cool. It's so cool, and it, it always <laughs> works out good. But good to have everyone here today. If you're joining us for the very first time, this is the Raven Institute of Ministry and Biblical Studies, which is a ministry of Raven Ministries International. If you want more information on Raven Ministries, you can actually go to our website at www.biggrace.com. That's www.biggrace.com. You can even spell. Praise God for that. But good to have you. If you want to know more about the ministry, just go to that and check it out. And if you can click down at the bottom, you can see where it says Raven Nation. And what you'll find is teams that we have actually all over the United States and in Canada and rapidly expanding. Matter of fact, in the next few days, we're going to be working on the website. And uh, you'll see the link to Raven South Florida, Pastor Monzel and his wife Obed, working right down there in the South Florida area, helping us there. And uh, I look to add more and more teams all the time as people... Kind of get the vision to evangelize nations, go out and touch people for the cause of Christ. So mm-hmm. good to have you today, and we just hope that you're you're blessed to the Lord Jesus Christ, and uh, that God will teach you something. What, what we're all about, and, um, and we're all about, and the ministry that God has uh, has given us is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Yes. We're not here just to fill your head with a bunch of stuff so you can walk away feeling more learned. Mm-hmm. We're here to fill your heart with the compassion and the passion of Jesus, so you can go and you can fill up heaven with those that would just dare to believe in the Lord. Jesus Christ. And so that's what we're here for. Not just to be hearers, but to be doers. That's if you right. take that word and you receive it and you go apply it, then it's going to be a blessing to you. But if you don't, if you take that word and you just hold on to it, that word actually will testify against you on the day of judgment. So our prayer is that you'll take that word and you'll go use it to change the world for the cause of Christ. So we're going to open with prayer this morning and uh, just ask for God's direction and blessing on this. And we're also going to pray uh, for the sick. So Pastor Moses, I'm going to get you to pray in office this morning. Pray, Just pray for God's just anointing on this, for those that just need an understanding that God would just open up the hearts of their understanding. And let's pray. The Word says that there's any sick among them. Call for the elders in the church mm-hmm. and that the prayer of faith will heal the sick. So we're going to believe that for, for those folks that have been sick in body, those folks that have been struggling in whatever area of their life, that God's going to touch them. So open us in prayer this morning, brother, and we'll dive into the Word. Gracious Father, right now in the name of Jesus, first of all, we just thank you, God, for another day. God, we thank you for waking us up this morning, for willing us yes. to get up this morning. Lord, we know that it wasn't on our will that we got up. So by you waking us up, Lord, you're saying we, you still have want of us. You still have need of us. So, Father, we just commit this time unto you right now. And we just ask you to just silence our spirits and our hearts, Lord, so we can hear from you clearly, thus saith the Lord. Father, right now, we lift up all those who are sick right now, all those who have illnesses, pains in their bodies, whatever infliction that's in them right now, God, we just ask you to remove it and cleanse it right now in the name of Jesus. Father, whatever is broke, we ask you to fix it. Whatever is crooked, we ask you to make straight. We just ask you, Lord, to just move mightily on the behalf of your children. Father, your word says, by his stripes, we are healed, not were healed, not will be healed, but we are healed. So we're going to stand in faith, Lord, and believe that you're going to move based on that word in itself. So, Father, we just ask you right now, for whatever the problem is in anybody that's your child that is Lord we ask you to minister to them right now Dr. Jesus come forth do your work lay hands speak the word you do not have to physically go and touch anyone just speak the word in the condition of that person wherever they may be wherever they may lay and Father I just pray the 
prayer at the body of Christ, we start walking more in faith, believing yes, that you can because you said you can. Let them believe. Let them understand. Let them receive. Let them know that you are still the God of all, still the God of miracles, still the God to fix and cure everything, every need. Father, just move right now on their behalf. Father, as we lift up this time once again unto you, Lord, we ask you to silence us completely. Let us, let Pastor Troy and Pastor Monzel say not one single word, but the Holy Spirit come through us fervently, Lord, to the point where we're edified as well. Let this teaching not only be for the listeners, but for us as well. Teach us as we teach those, Father, who are hearing the sound of our voices. Take full control. Let us decrease. So you can increase, Father. No more of Manziel right now. No more of Pastor Troy. But Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Take full control over this time that you set aside. Let us receive you clearly, Father. The Bible says, where two or more are gathered, there also shall you be in the midst. Father, you are welcome here. Holy Spirit, take full control. Reign. Go out. Touch those who are listening. Let a change come behind this word. Let us not be entertainers of the word, but doers of the word and teachers of this word. Let people who hear our, the sound of our voice be sparked in some kind of way. Let them be ignited to make them say, what must I do to do more for you, Father? Let this day be a selfless day to the point where they just feel compelled to go and tell somebody about this man named Jesus Christ, our Lord, our God, our Master, our Savior. So, Father, just have yes. your way right now as we get into your word. We just ask you to move on, our, on your behalf. Speak now, Holy Spirit. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Thank you, Pastor, mm-hmm. so much. Once again, we just want to welcome you. If you're just now coming in, thank you so much for joining us here for the Raven Institute of Ministry and Biblical Studies coming to you live. And we just hope that God touches you and speaks to you. If you're joining us for the very first time, uh, ready and able, good to have you, my friend. We just pray that, that God will speak to you today. And we are so blessed and honored that you would take time out of your day to be with us this morning. We invite you back. We're here Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. until 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. Eastern Standard Time for an expository teaching in the book of Romans. We've been studying in, we, uh, in, the, in the book of Romans since actually this is our 150. First, 152nd hour of teaching on the book of Romans. So as you can tell, we're not, we're not skimming over it. We're, we're actually getting to the, the, the nuts and bolts and the crust of the issue and, and really taking time. And God has just been doing some tremendous things. So we just invite you. We can make those available. If you want the back teachings on those, you can actually email us at raven at biggrace.com. Raven, R-A-V-E-N, at biggrace.com. And I would be glad. Uh, email, say you want it. Give me your, your snail mail address. We'll burn that on an audio DVD, and we'll send that to you for absolutely free, no charge. Freely we've received, and freely we give. There's nothing for sale in the kingdom. It's already been bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus. So we'd love to put those in your hands. If you want those in their entirety, email me, raven at biggrace.com, and we'll send you those things in their entirety, the the first 150 or so classes. And as they go, we'll be glad to to send you those as well. Uh, Pastor Monzel, uh, yesterday, and really kind of over the course of the past couple of days, We've been discussing and dealing with really the issue of how Israel found themselves in opposition to the will of God and that the number of them actually coming to right relationship with Him were but a remnant. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about really that, to, for me, it's, it's one that just rips my heart out when I think about Romans 9.27 and Isaiah crying out. And you think about a prophet of God, one that, that, that had the benefit in, in Isaiah chapter 6 and 1 of seeing the Lord. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then you, can, you know, because we've tasted of Jesus, you know your right. testimony, the things, tremendous things that God has, has brought you from, how He spared your life. And we know of people, I have friends of mine that, that never made it to 21, let alone 41. Right, right. And, uh, and because I've seen the Lord, 
And so when I hear Isaiah say that in Isaiah chapter 6, then Paul quotes him in, in Romans 9.27. And he said he cried out because he knew that even though uh, the seed of the, the Israel was like the sands of the sea, that only a remnant would be saved. Right. And so we see that, and it is. It's heart-wrenching. It, it, just knowing that and knowing the, the experience that people can, really it, it should compel us to be more adamant about sharing our faith. That's right. To be more adamant about us uh, sharing the love and the transforming power of Jesus. Rather than, than really having the indictment that's come upon the church of sitting behind the stained glass windows, sitting mm-hmm. behind their, their ivory towers, and thinking that it's such a field of dreams as they build that they'll come. Mm-hmm. Brother, the broken and the wounded, the prostitute and the heroin addict, they're not coming. That's right. They're out there on Bourbon Street in Kensington. They're out there on Beale Street. They're out there on Skid Row. They're mm-hmm. out there at Lower Wacker in Chicago. They're out there in uh, the, the Papago Court in, in, in Santa Rosa or in, mm-hmm. in the Tenderloin of, 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 of San Francisco. They're out there and they're not coming. Right. But the problem is the church has not gone under the commission of God to go out and compel them to come that his house, mm-hmm. not our house, not our ministry, mm-hmm. not our church, right. not our pockets can be filled, but that his house may be filled. And so there's, there's a compelling. So what's happened is we look at how they had taken literally 2,000 years of their history as God's chosen people and had in effect used that history as kind of an occasion for the flesh and had somehow thought that God would wink at their sin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because they had a history with God, they thought to themselves, listen, because we have it, because we're God's chosen people, because we can lay claim to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right. we're off the hook. Right. They, they weren't off the hook. And we see that when, when Isaiah begins to cry out and when Paul begins to, to, to quote from him in, in, in Romans 9.27 that there was a brokenness. There is. Folks, I guess my question for us is, is where is the brokenness in the church? Mm. Where do we really care? And you, you wonder why there's such an indifference from people that, and we'll use the term in the world for people that, are, that don't know Jesus, right. people that are just in the world. That's the system that they know. That's all they've been brought up with. We wonder why there's such a, a not, not really even an indifference, but a disdain for Christianity because much of what is, is propagated under the name of Christianity does not reflect Christ Jesus. Do you, right. do you agree with that? What do you see? I totally agree with that to the point where it's a sadness. It's almost like when, when Jesus was saying how he looked and he felt compassion. He was moved because he saw that the harvest was plentiful, but there was not enough laborers. Right. There wasn't enough people going out and actually grabbing hold of these individuals, letting them know and understand that there is a God that still loves them and loves them to the point where they, he sent his only begotten for them in right. order to be reconciled back to the kingdom. But like he was saying, we as Christians have to get out of our our comfy couch so to speak and get out there and start witnessing it's not about trying to go out there and become a pastor or evangelist but just basically go and witness tell somebody about this man named Jesus our Lord and our God and our Savior because of the fact that but Christ did for us should be enough in itself to move us to go say because he right. did it for us, he also did it for you. And just share some things. It's not about, like you said, the stained glass windows, the, the four walls, how many people we can get up in here. We have to get up and get out and tell somebody who Christ Jesus our Lord and Savior is and prepare them for his return. You know, the Lord gave me a word a while back, and I was actually I was preaching in the, in, the, in the church of a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And I was sharing with them that really the modern church has become kind of like the, a batting cage. Mm-hmm. Remember a number of years ago, uh, what was it uh, Barry Bonds went out and hit, what, 74 home runs in a season, I believe it was? And you know, if I went out, if I told you today, hey, Pastor Monzel, man, you're gonna, you ain't going to believe this. I went out to the batting cage the other day, mm-hmm. and I knocked 100 home runs over the fence in just a few hours. Mm-hmm. Now, you're not going to call Major League Baseball up and say, you know what, you need to erase Barry Bonds' record, and you need to put Troy Bond 
right, in the right. record books because he hit 100 dingers over the fence at the batting cage. Why is that? Because it's a different environment. Right. But what the church has become, it's become batting cage Christianity. Mm. You know, when Barry Bonds or any Major League Baseball player steps up to the plate, they're, they're, they're in a foreign ballpark. Mm-hmm. They're dealing with a long season. Right. They're dealing with people not just throwing to them, but throwing at them. That's right. Off-speed, fastballs, curveballs, sliders, all these other mm-hmm. pitches are coming. But, folks, listen, what's happened is, is the church has gotten so accustomed to the ball coming right down the pike. Mm. And so when a pastor steps into his pulpit, you know what? Every pitch looks the same. Right. He right. knows the people that are going to get excited. Mm-hmm. He knows the songs that are going to move them. Right. He right. knows who's going to come up to the altar. He knows the, he knows his environment. Mm-hmm. And so all he has to do is swing the bat at the sweet spot, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Folks, mm-hmm. listen, the sweet spot isn't going to do anything. It's not going to put no, you in the record books. That's and right. it's certainly not going to put people in the Lamb's Book of Life. Mm-hmm. It's this batting cage Christianity. And we're going to talk about mm-hmm. that when we get into our talking, just how, how that batting cage Christianity or that batting cage belief in God uh, uh, caused Israel to really succumb to some, to some deceit and has in turn subsequently caused the church to succumb to it for a while. And folks, listen, it's so evident that while the covenant really with Israel Israel was extended to the Gentiles, and we've, we, we've really, it was given to us to provoke the Jews to jealousy. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, they broke covenant, they rejected the Messiah, so it was extended to us, and the Word tells us it was provoked them to jealousy. And what the church has done, though, is we've made the exact same error in judgment that the Jews made. And we thought that, that we had somehow arrived and we've attained some type of level of entitlement wherein mm-hmm. a, a, a faithfulness and a consecrated life unto Christ wasn't really necessary. There was just something that was there uh, that we could take advantage of if we wanted to. But we didn't have to walk in that in order to remain uh, with a right standing with God. Mm. And I made this point yesterday that I'd like you to weigh, on, weigh in on, Pastor Monzel. Here's what I said. I said the Word of God says that only a remnant could be saved. We talked about that from, from Isaiah and Romans 9.27. Mm-hmm. But, is it, but here's what I said. I said only a remnant will be saved. But is it just the way it is? Or is that the consequential result that can be directly attributed to the body of Christ not taking on the responsibility of that emphatic command of, of Mark 16.15 to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, knowing that those who hear and believe will be a part of that remnant, mm-hmm. but those who never get to hear and thus never get to believe will be damned to eternal hell. And so my question for you is this. Do you believe that the statement that only a remnant will be saved in Romans 9.27 and in Romans 11.5 as well could really serve as an indictment of a church that has abandoned their responsibility to go tell? Do you believe that it served as an indictment against us? I wouldn't really say an indictment uh, uh, against us. But then again, yes it is. What I I mean by indictment, is is God going to hold it to our charge? Yes, Yes, he is. I believe he is. And so when a diamond comes, we, an indictment is what's set up to get you to stand trial. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so if we just took the collective church of today, mm-hmm. and they had to stand trial on that one premise, are we going and telling? You know, brother, if, if it only a remnant's being saved, mm-hmm. you know, where's the evidence for our faithfulness? That's right, that's right. If hell is ever enlarging itself... And we know that people are perishing day by day. We know according to the World Health Organization that every single second that 25 people die in the world. Mm -hmm. And we know according to Matthew chapter 7, most of those people don't know Jesus. Doesn't that serve as a tremendous and a heinous indictment against the people of God not to do something? Yes, it is. That in itself should once again... something Something needs to get us up out of our seats. And that right there, if you, based on what you just said, the remnant, as you talked about yesterday, mm-hmm. the remnant is based on what, who hears the Word of God. Right. So the more that hear the Word of God, that remnant develops and becomes bigger. 
It right. expands. So we need to get out there, like, like you were saying, to let other people know still who God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is. What He can do and how He can change their lives. Oh, my God. It just needs to be spoken like as you was going over it. I mean, how can they know unless they're preached? How can, how can they hear unless it is told, told to them? Exactly. Basically? It's not going to come through osmosis. It's not, not going to come by accident. It's not, it's not going to come through our smiling faces mm-hmm. or our free bottles of water. It's not going to come through mm-hmm. all of our good works. We've got to preach it, this word. It's only going to come through the word of God. Pastor Monson, let me ask you a question. Do you believe that there is a protocol or an order of the things in God? God, God is an orderly guy. He is. Definitely an orderly guy. But it's not based on traditions right. of men. It's not based on programs. It's not based on what, like some sad to say, denominational churches say, this is what God expects of us based right. on their beliefs and their things. But God is an orderly God. He has order when it comes to doing things His way. And so it would be safe to say that we're not talking about a rigid, man-made legalism, but mm-hmm. what we're talking about is the divine way of order of conducting spiritual business in the kingdom. That's right. That, it, that it's more about uh, it's more about organism than organization even mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because an organiza- organism is something that grows an organization right. is something that becomes rigid and if you don't fall within the parameters of that you're out and that's what a lot of people don't understand either the body of Christ is not an organization right. it is a living breathing entity this is organism, an organism right. and that's how we're supposed to continue to move in the body of Christ it has nothing to do with organizing we're the, we're the body. We're right. one. we're supposed to get out there and live this thing. Where's I mean, we got eyes and ears and nose in the body of Christ, and we all function and come together as one. Which means there's others out there still that are right. not really that's a part of the body, but not really moving with the body because they could be like say they're hurt. Like if the knee is, if you have a pain in your knee, even though the eyes is healthy, the nose is healthy, the arms is healthy, the fingers is healthy, but if your knee is hurting, it's going to kind of body hurt. Says. Right. For you to continue to move. So we need to get and find out what's lacking in the body as well, especially if we know that there's a problem within our body. You said I was thinking about, you know, we're, we're a physical body. You mm-hmm. and I, are, we are organisms mm-hmm. that God has made. He's mm-hmm. created us. Now, I'm sitting here today, and I can speak. When I speak, that is going to enter your ear. Mm-hmm. Now, you don't have to sit here and cognitively think to yourself, I'm going to take that sound wave. And I'm going to cause it to reverberate against my eardrum. I'm going to cause that, that, that sound wave then to be translated into a thought into my brain. And I'm going to respond verbally. You don't have to do that. Because you're an organism, what happens? It happens automatically. Just like that. Just like that. And folks, see, that's what he's created the body for. Mm-hmm. When I'm just organized, what am I doing? I'm always waiting on something to happen. Yes. But what happens now? Look at me. I can move. It's I can do all things. I can... I can pat my head and rub my belly at the same time. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. can walk and chew gum. Why? Because I'm an organism. I am something that walks. It's a cohesive unit. That's but right. something has happened when the body uh, stopped functioning within that divine protocol or that spiritual way of conducting business. What happens? It, it becomes cumbersome. It becomes yes, it clumsy in what they're yeah. doing. And as a result, nothing happens. Because what if you had to remind your lungs to breathe? You'd never get any sleep. That's because right. as soon as you went to sleep, you would suffocate. That's right. What if I had to constantly hit my chest in order to get my heart to beat? Mm-hmm. It wouldn't. But because I'm an organism, each one supplies the need of the other. That's right. And so it begins to flow. And I, and I oftentimes, you know, you want your stomach to act right. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you take it for granted when it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Until you put something in it that is against the protocol that God put. Right. If you put poison or something into your body, what's going to happen? It's going to cause your stomach to act up. And just like you said uh, before, everything else is going to suffer. That's and right. so what you can see is really in the... Uh, uh, the establishment of the Jewish people is the, the people of that old covenant 
is that in all they did, there was an order to it when God established it. Mm-hmm. And it was from the way they dressed, there was an order. Mm-hmm. From the food that he told them to eat, there was an order. Mm-hmm. From the people they conducted themselves with, there was an order. But the means which they worshipped, there was an order. Mm-hmm. How they approached the presence of God, there was an order. Everything God did. And so, folks, listen, this order or pattern was devised to carry out just one solitary message. That's right. Is they would be prepared to take the message of Jesus Christ to the world. That's, That's what right. he prepared them for. That's right. They failed when they rejected him, but the order of it was, I'm going to separate you. I'm going to keep you holy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep you righteous. I'm going to keep you peculiar to everyone else. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to let you intermingle with the things of the world. I'm going to, I'm going to make you so obvious. I'm going to make you uh, uh, such a, a, a people of pattern, a people of protocol, that, that everyone has to recognize you. From the way that you look, to the way that you speak, right. to the way that you worship. That way, when the Messiah comes, you can be the proclaimers of Him. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you've been the one walking to such a higher standard. Right. But what's happened, this order that they, 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 they abandoned it. And so, there was a, they would have had, God, the order that things God gave them was an order for obeying the precepts and the commands of God, was to get them to listen to the voice of the prophets, mm-hmm. to recognize the Messiah, and to ultimately go ahead and carry out the mission to take that truth unto all the world. But somewhere, brother, along the way, and we see it too, they lost step with the order that God has established, and if now they've spent 2,000 years, you think about it, they've spent 2,000 years having to sit back and watch the Gentiles enjoy, albeit in, in, a, in, in a miserable way of, of walking in that order, they've had to sit back and watch the Gentiles take the responsibility of the order that had been originally established for them. Now, can you imagine that? It's like somebody taking a place that you had. I think about, you know, in in football, what was it? The the New York Giants won the Super Bowl this past year. They had a running back that was their their star guy, Tiki Barber. Mm -hmm. Tiki Barber ends up leaving the team, retires, and when he leaves, he starts bad-mouthing the whole team. Mm -hmm. That their coach is terrible, their quarterback's not a leader. A, A year after he leaves, they win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Now, he didn't do a whole lot of commenting afterwards because he, he said, basically, I'm not going to put up with this anymore. I, I, I'm, uh, my abilities are too high for to, 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 to sit around and watch this happen. I'm going to retire and get into broadcasting. Mm-hmm. As soon as he left, what happened? They won. Don't you think yeah. he's sitting back thinking, you know what? Maybe I was the one out of order. That could be. That because they won a championship without him, without mm-hmm. with, without that divisiveness. Folks, listen, you know the Jews have got to sit back at one time or another. Maybe not now because their hearts have been hardened, their eyes have been blinded. Mm-hmm. But you know they had to have thought to themselves, and we see it throughout the book of Acts. We see it when Paul always had to address those issues where they were jealous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, look, who do these people are? They didn't walk in the order that we did. They didn't walk in the righteousness. Right. They don't have the history. They don't have the lineage. They don't have the, the pedigree, so to speak. Mm-hmm. They, they don't have the, 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 the lamb skin with all the right writing hanging right. on their wall. They right. don't have those type of things here they are. And so God gave that. I want you to consider this for a second. Psalms chapter 37, verses 22 through 24. Psalms 37, 22 through 24 declares this. He said, For as such be blessed of him shall inherit the earth. And so, brother, that was and is the order that God had established for the Jews to reap this benefit, whereas we as believing Gentiles but see ourselves as sojourners. Mm-hmm. He says that, that you're going to be blessed of him and you inherit the earth. You know what? This is not my home. Right, that's right. I may I may live here where we conduct Studio B. You may live in South Florida. We may conduct ourselves, but brother, you know what? I, I'm not I'm not looking for a title deed to this property. That's right. When I'm gone, right. anybody that wants you it can, can move it. right on in. I'll leave the door unlocked for you, and we'll do like Motel Six. We'll leave the light on for you as well right. if you want it, because we are sojourners. Whereas mm-hmm. the Jews were promised to be the inheritors of the earth. Mm-hmm. We know that we have a kingdom that's not made with hands that God that's has right. for us. And so, but it says that it says, "For such be blessed of him shall inherit the earth." 
and they be cursed of him that shall be cut off. To be cursed is the is the is the Hebrew word kala, and it means to be made insignificant and despicable. Mm. And so it says that that they'll be made. They were they were uh, called to be blessed, but something happened, and they were kala, or they were made to be insignificant and mm. to be cut off. Now that word the kala is to be made insignificant, but cut off is karath, which means to be cut off from a part of the body. Mm. Now, think about that language in there and what we're just talking about, that organism. Mm-hmm. That it says, listen, you, you were given a covenant promise to be inheritors of earth, right. but because you rejected that, you're going to be cursed, you're going to be, made in, you're going to be made insignificant, despicable, and you're going to be cut off from part of the body. Then it goes on to say in verse 23, and here's what we like to quote. We don't like to look at verse 22 of chapter 37. Here's what we like. We like 23. The steps of a good man are ordered up by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Mm-hmm. We don't like to talk about being made in, uh, right. uh, uh, insignificant, right. despicable, or cut off. Boy, we like to extract that little verse from the, uh, the 20, uh, 37th Psalm that the steps of a good man are what, though? Mm. They are ordered by the Lord, and He delights in His way. His way. You hear me? And it says in verse 24, it says, Though He fall, and now here's the mercy part of it, He shall not be utterly cast down, or God will not abandon His covenant just because they abandon it, for the Lord upholds Him with His hand, which speaks of God's authority. In other words, Mm -hmm. if God's people, the Jews, want to reap the benefits of the inheritance, they would have to walk in the order Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that God had prescribed for them in His plan. Otherwise, they would find themselves in the role of being insignificant and even despicable. Right. Now, brother, was this not the testimony of the Jewish people for generations? They, they, they were without a home. Right. They were without the, uh, the realization of the covenant promise. They became despicable. They mm-hmm. became despised. Mm-hmm. They became hated. Even to the tune of under Nazi Germany, six million were despised yeah. to the point that were put in Auschwitz and other concentration camps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, you think about how they become despised. Now you hear people use stuff. If they want to, if you want to go to a garage sale, you want to go to a flea market, and you want to talk somebody down, you hear people say. Hey, can I Jew you down? <laughs> that's the sadness. That is. That's that, that's folks, that's racism. Yes, that's being despicable. That's saying that these people, I hate them so much that they are cheap, they are rip-off artists, they're not willing to pay a price. I mean, it's, it's calling somebody out is mm-hmm. what it is. Now think about how that has happened. Now here we are in the, in the, in the 37th Psalm, a Psalm of David. Mm-hmm. Now let's fast forward, what, 2,700 years from the time that was written. Mm-hmm. And what are we seeing? They've been despised. Yeah. Look at look at the news media, folks. You'll you'll you'll, you'll turn it on. All these world events, the the Palestinian problem, the battles in Gaza, all the the, the things that the Iranian president saying, all of them are centered around this people who become despised. Mm-hmm. But here's the good news: even though they failed, he said they would not utterly be cast down. That's right. See, we may forget the promises of God. Mm -hmm. We may forget the the requirements. We may forget that divine order. But God will never forget that. The promise that God made was not forgotten by God. He upheld it under His right hand or under His divine authority. And brother, we know that, what was it now? 1948, Mm -hmm. which would be 60 years ago now, Mm -hmm. a, a generation ago, the people who had ceased to be a people, it says that they had been brought back from the four corners and out of ruin, out of rebellion, because God is not a man that He should lie or the son of a man that He should repent. Right. He, he restored that divine order of things so that His plan could be fulfilled. And mm-hmm. so we sit here a, a generation removed from when God began to put things 
back in order. Mm-hmm. The, the people that, he, that, 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 that Isaiah decried in 927 that had become a remnant, the people that Paul the Apostle, uh, uh, 40 years after the, 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 the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, began to, to cry out for and begin to quote from the prophet, begin to say, you're, you're just a remnant, that there's just a remnant according to the election of grace. Mm-hmm. That same people have been brought back together right. and God is now accelerating things. Things that have been literally put on hold right. for 2,000 years. We are seeing those things happen. Folks, That's listen. Right. We as Gentile believers, we as messengers of the new covenant, mm-hmm. we, we said here today, it really is, is sounding an alarm and a warning cry to the Gentiles not to make the same mistakes that they did. Exactly. Not to find ourselves cut off. Not to see ourselves uh, removed from the body. Not to see ourselves made, be made insignificant and despicable. But to begin to change things. Brother, you know why? Because the church has become insignificant. That's right. The church That's has right. become despicable. Mm-hmm. There's people now that would rather be atheists. They would rather totally deny God even though there's something inside of them mm. that wants to believe in God. There's people that would want to be agnostic. They'd say, well, I acknowledge Him, but, but because of the, 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 the type of people that have called themselves Christian, I don't want anything to do with it. Even though there's something burning inside mm-hmm. of me that wants to know Him. Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. Because the church has failed in our commission. That's we right. failed to walk in the order of God's love. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. He that loves not does not know God, mm-hmm. for God is love. That order of love, that order of going and telling them, compelling them to come, that His house may be filled, to go into all the world and preach the gospel, that those that believe and are baptized shall be saved, but those that don't are going to be damned. To have that urgency. That's right. And so we've become despised because they say, if you're so much like Christ, why don't you do the things that He did? Mm-hmm. I was hungry. Did you feed me? I was naked. Did you clothe me? Right. I was in prison and I was sick. And, and Did you visit me? I was a stranger. Did you take me in? Whatever you've done to the least of these, you've done it unto Him. That's right. But brother, I believe that we have an opportunity as a remnant people mm-hmm. to turn mm-hmm. the tables and begin, just like He said, to increase the remnant. I talked about you going to a carpet store yesterday. You can buy a remnant as a rug or you mm-hmm. can buy a remnant where they will fill a room. That's right. And brother, I tell you what, I want my testimony not to be a rug that people wipe their feet on and say, that is so insignificant, but I want it to fill a rug that people care about how it looks, that That's care right. about the testimony. It's filling up a place with a testimony, the power, the righteousness, the whole the love of Jesus. That's right. That's but right. I believe we've got the opportunity. And so I say all that to make a point, and I want you to chime in for just a moment. Melanie brought up a, a, a tremendous point last night before we went to bed as we was just talking about the Word. And, and really, that, that is, is that the consequences, that there are consequences that should be expected of those that walk disorderly. Mm-hmm. It, which was obviously the case with the Jews. We see how they got really, they, they were abandoned for, it seemed, for 2,000 years. But, but he held that together. He held his promise together. And so we see it obvious because Paul was addressing it here in Romans 11 and subsequently the Gentiles that were addressing it today. And I want to read a passage of Scripture that's so familiar with us and often quoted. And I want you to see, uh, to, to chime in how it's traditionally applied for generations, but how it, it relates to this. Here's, the, here's what I want to read to you. Here's what it says, Matthew 5, 27 through 30. Matthew 5, 27 through 30. When I read it, it's going to be so familiar to you. You have heard it was said of them in old time, you shall not commit adultery. But I say unto you, whoever looks at a woman to lust after her in his heart has already committed adultery in his heart. Okay? You've heard that. We've quoted that. We say that to people in the streets that are in adultery. But mm-hmm. listen at what, look at the context. He said, if your right eye offends you, pluck it out. Do what? Cut it off. Right. Get rid of it. Cast it from you. For it is profitable for thee that one of your members should perish, and not that the whole body should be cast into hell. If your right hand offends you, do what? Cut it off and cast it from you. For it is profitable that one of the members should perish, and not that the whole body should be cast into hell. Now, what was this talking about? Go into verse 27. Have you not heard that if you look at a woman to, to lust after your eyes, 
And he says, so if your right eye offends thee, then he brings it into context. If, if that's happening, if your right eye offends thee, pluck it out. How has that traditionally been applied? Man. <laughs> Here's the deer in the headlight part of this program. <laughs> that's a lot. I'm throwing something out there. Dude. Okay. <laughs> it happens to everyone here. <laughs> that's no problem. I was over here reading this other thing that I was about to comment on, and then, and then you brought that at me. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. Just ask me that question again. I was somewhere else. I was still going off of the the thing about how we need to step up. Yeah, <laughs> well, we get this on every program. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> but really, what he was saying, if he said, it's, "It's said unto you that if a mm-hmm. man looked at a woman lust after his eyes, he mm-hmm. committed adultery in his heart." Then he goes on to say, "If you're right at Finzi, pluck it out, cast it out." For it's profitable that one of the members should perish, not the whole body should be cast into hell. If your right eye, hand of Finzi, cut it off. Mm-hmm. For it's profitable that one should perish, but not the whole body cast into hell. Mm-hmm. What was he talking about? He was basically saying that if someone is not actually being obedient and doing the things that need to be done, then those people have to be removed. They, they have to be removed. They have to be removed. But you know what? We'll take it and we'll use it. Okay, uh, there was a guy that I knew, a true story, that uh, was obviously demon-possessed that actually pulled his own eye out. Literally. Literally pulled his own eye out. And uh, I, I don't remember the circumstances of it now, but literally blinded himself in one eye. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we look at that and we want to take that little one verse about, you know, here it is. And so if I'm saying that, you know, God wants me to pluck it out or he wants me to cut my hand off, what, what does he mean by that? This, what is he saying to me? Folks, he's talking about the body. He's talking mm-hmm. about those, the sin that's come into the body. Right. Sin within the body, not individually, but corporately. And so check this out. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 6 says this. He says, Now we command you, brethren, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw yourself from every brother that walks disorderly, that's right. that does not walk in agreement with God's divine protocol, that's right. and not after the teachings or the doctrines which you have received from us. He said, brethren, he said, withdraw yourself. He said, remove yourself. That's the word stello. It means to return to a place of order. Mm-hmm. He said, what you've got to do is you've got to remove yourself from that, and you've got to remove yourself and put yourself into a place of order. Mm-hmm. Then Ephesians chapter 4, verses 14 through 16 says this. Pardon? That was 2 Thessalonians 3, 6. 2 Thessalonians 3, 6. Then Ephesians 4, 14 and 16 says this, and it really drives the point home. And it says that we not be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine. That's right. By all this teaching, all this nonsense that's going out, uh, by the slide of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lay in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up... You hear me? In all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body is fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies, according to the effectual working and the measure of every part, which makes increase of the body unto the edifying itself in love. And it says the whole uh, body fitly joined together and compacted, which every joint supply. To supply means to make a contribution. That's right. It will either be a contribution towards righteousness mm-hmm. or it will be a contribution towards unrighteousness. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about there's life and death in the power of the tongue. That's our contribution. Right. Our right. contribution, I'm either speaking the words of life or I'm speaking the words of death. I'm either lifting up Jesus or I'm lifting up the flesh. Right. I'm either declaring holiness or I'm walking in unrighteousness. There's always a declaration. There's something coming out of everybody's heart and life at all times. Mm-hmm. And it's going to feed. It's going to, it's going to supply. It's going to speak to the body of Christ. And so as the Jews, what they did is they cut themselves off from the supply line. When they rejected the Messiah, boom, they cut off. And what happened? 
for 2,000 years, they begin to wither. That's right. They begin to wither just to that little seed, that remnant, and God has begun to bring those things up. But the same thing has happened to the church in 2,000 years. You, te- you look at the book of Acts. We could sit here and, brother, we could just get uh, have a Holy Ghost good time yes, looking at what happened. Uh, uh, Peter, standing up on the day of Pentecost, began to preach a message and, mm-hmm. and began to, you, you men of Israel, this Jesus who you rejected, uh, preached that message and said, great fear, and God added to the church daily, such as we're being saved. 3,000 people mm-hmm. got saved that day. We can go right. through the whole the book of Acts and look at the epistles and see the power of God, and we could get excited about those things. Mm -hmm. But what happened between 2,000 years ago when he established his order on the day of Pentecost, wait here, and I'm going to give you something. I'm going to give you power that you can be witnesses. What's the first order of business? Is to wait and to receive power to be a witness. Folks, listen. Once the church abandoned that that, that first principle of the protocol of God, Mm -hmm. what happened? We got out of order. We began to walk disorderly before the things of God. And so what does he say? That if, if somebody's walking disorderly, he said, withdraw yourselves from them. If they're not walking under the teachings of the doctrines which you have received of us. You know, there's this, this, this semblance of unity. And brother, it's really not a unity that the body of Christ preaches. What they say is we just all need, it's, it's the old Rodney King. Can't we all just get along? No, no, we can't. No, that's not the How way. can two walk together except they be in agreement? Right. We cannot all get along. Right. We will not all get along. He says you've got to put that out from among. You've got to withdraw yourself. You've got to return yourself to a place of order. Mm-hmm. If you're in a place, if you're in a church that's not preaching the order of God, not preaching the truth of God's Word, that's not walking in the love of God, that's not walking in the in the commands of God, you will never find yourself walking in agreement. You will find yourself frustrated. You'll mm-hmm. say to yourself, I'm just going to stick around and hopefully I'm going to be an agent of change. No, because bad company will corrupt your good morals. Amen. Whatever you thought. I know people, brother, that, that, that years ago, 20 years ago, that were the most fired up believers and they got into a place that was not walking in the order of God. Mm-hmm. And I'll see them to this day and I'll say, hey, so you're preaching the gospel? What are you doing? Well, no, I'm just selling potato chips. Or no, I'm just... Uh, uh, I'm just uh, uh, sweeping floors. I'm just doing this. They're not doing anything for the kingdom. Why? Right. Because they got out of order. That's right. And so a person that was Im- uh, immensely anointed, they were tremendously gifted, are doing nothing for the kingdom of God. Why? Because they yoked themselves together mm-hmm. with that protocol of unrighteousness. Mm-hmm. And so the, they, they became joined with something that was not walking in lockstep with the commands of God. Right. Folks, listen, we have got to get back to a place where we are totally dependent upon the Word of God and the Spirit of God to speak into our lives. Mm-hmm. We've got to get totally dependent on walking obedience. You know what? He does not devi- desire all of our sacrifices according to the 51st Psalm. Our bigger buildings, our, our, our right. deeper pockets. He doesn't right. devi- de- desire our, our, our billboard Christianity. But He said He desires a broken spirit and That's a right. broken and contrite heart. And He says those are the things that He will not not despise, mm-hmm. that he will not cut off, that he will not abdicate, that he will not throw to the side, that he will not break covenant with, but Man. when we have a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart, what you were talking about earlier, out, out of, uh, of, of Matthew 9, 35, 36, and 37, that when Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. Uh-huh. He set the standard and the example of a brokenness. I'm broken for people. Mm-hmm. I'm broken for the lost. I'm broken for the prostitutes, right. the gangbanger, the abused, the, 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 the pedophile. I'm broken for people that have been broken. That's by the, by the flesh, broken by the, the seed of the devil, the alcoholic, the, the despondent, the, the right. person that's suicidal, the person that's a, a cutter or whatever it is. He's mm-hmm. broken for them. Until the church gets broken for people rather than just getting built up with their own pride, their mm-hmm. own deceit, mm-hmm. their own self-serving mechanism of their organization. Mm-hmm. Folks, listen, what we're going to see is the exact same thing that happened to Israel. Yes, we We're going to see ourselves... 
further and further away from God and the remnant rather than growing bigger like we're talking about mm -hmm. shrinking, shrinking and shrinking mm -hmm. and really it will, it will not even be a blip on the radar screen of this world and we will find ourselves more and more detested by the world we will find ourselves more and more hated why? because we're not lifting up a standard of righteousness mm -hmm. so what we've got to do the church has been this thing and, and I believe it's, a, it's been something the adversaries put in you know what? Just, you just got to live and let live Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I know John Lennon sung in the Beatles, live and let die. You know, we mm -hmm. need to live and let that mess die is what That's we right. need to do. That's we right. need to let the deceitfulness die. We need to let that wretchedness die. And we need to begin to call that stuff out as, like it is. Second Timothy chapter four, he says, uh, uh, he said, preach the word, be instant in and out of season. That's right. He said, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering doctrine. Because the time will come when men will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust, That's after right. their own order, after their own deceit, they'll heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. It's it says they'll turn their ears away from the truth. Mm -hmm. And it says they'll be turned unto fables. That's right. And he tells us, he says, I want you to endure afflictions, to do the work of an evangelist, mm -hmm. to do the divine protocol, right. and that you'll see your ministry fulfilled. Folks, listen, we've got to get back to that point. We've got to remove ourselves from that, from the, the, really the association with the things of the world that have come in and tried to call themselves the church. That's right. Folks, much of what you see is not the church. Amen. It is really not. Amen. Much of what has the sign hanging up is not the church. It's not the we, church that Christ is coming back for. Absolutely. He's coming back for a church that's what? Without spot or blemish. That's right. And so it's going to be a church of holiness, a church of authority, a church of power, mm -hmm. a church of genuine unity mm -hmm. that functions as an organism. Mm -hmm. And so we've got to make that contribution. And you'll see it fleshed out. I love this out of 1 Corinthians 5, 1-13 through about just the, the consequences and our responsibility of how we handle that. 1 Corinthians 5, 1-13. through Paul the Apostle said it's, it's reported commonly. In other words, it's, it's, it's common knowledge mm -hmm. that there's fornication among you. And he says there's even examples of fornication that should not even be named among the Gentiles uh, that one should have his father's wife. And he's telling them, listen, there's things that I don't care who you are, what you did, it shouldn't be accounted to you. That's right. And he said, he said and you are puffed up and you've not even mourned about it. And, and he that has done this deed might be taken from among you. Mm -hmm. In other words, you don't find it a problem. You're allowing fornication. You're mm -hmm. allowing uh, a thievery. You're allowing wickedness. You're allowing all these things that are contrary to the protocol. And so rather than say anything, you get puffed up. They were prideful. Mm -hmm. They didn't want to say anything. Mm -hmm. Brother, isn't that a picture of the modern church? Yes, it is. You can yes, call that stuff down. You can point it out. But rather than humbling themselves and falling on the mercy of God, well, 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 God's got a new thing. We're just trying to be relevant. We're the emerging church. Mm -hmm. We're just trying to be seeker sensitive. No, mm -hmm. you're being sin sensitive. That's right. We need to be sensitive to the Spirit of God and the holiness and the righteousness of God and call those things out. Then he said this. He said, he said I'm truly, he said, I may be absent in body, but he said, I tell you what, I'm present in spirit. I can discern what's going on. That's right. He says, if you judged already as though I were present concerning him that has done this deed, he said, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, when you come together, mm -hmm. when you come in the one mind, one place and one accord, mm -hmm. and he said, he said, and, and, and my spirit and the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, he said, you deliver one unto Satan for says. the destruction of his flesh that mm -hmm. the spirit might be saved unto the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's right. He said, your glory is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? That's right. And so what he said, even those that are caught in that sin, mm -hmm. he said, if you'll turn them over, if you'll cast them out, if you'll cut them off, he said, what it's going to do is it's going to bring conviction and they're going to return. That's right. We know from the second letter at the church, of the church at Corinth that the young man that he specifically spoke of, in this case, and I know he wasn't just speaking of one person at the church mm -hmm. of Corinth. Mm -hmm. He was talking about a number. He just gave that example of one of the, the wretched situations. Right. There had to be order. It That's was right. established. And that That's order right. brought 
holiness. Folks, listen. With God's protocol, with God's order, it's going to bring the manifestation of what we read here in the book of Acts. That's right. It's going to bring a return to the power of God. That's right. Why is there no power of God? Because there's no holiness, there's no righteousness, there's no mm-hmm. divine order. When you begin to see it I, I, in, in the most wretched of places, we, we've seen the power of God. We've seen it, in, and it doesn't matter about the environment. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if there's stained glass windows or padded pews or right. a nice wooden oak and lectern. It, it can happen. We've seen God open deaf and deers on Bourbon Street. That's right. We've seen God heal the lame on, on Kensington and Somerset in inner city Philly. We've seen God do tremendous things, pour His Spirit out, baptize people in the Holy Spirit and see the gifts of the Spirit in operation in places. When God's people begin to work in a divine protocol towards mm-hmm. obedience to the things of God. He said, purge out, in verse 7, the old leaven that you may be a new lump, that you are unleavened. For Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. And he said in verse 9, he said, I wrote to you an epistle not to keep company with fornicators, extortioners, idolaters. Mm-hmm. He, said, those, he said, those must needs be out in the world. He said, but now I've written to you not to keep company. Because if any man calls himself a brother, but he's a fornicator, he's covetous, he's idolater, he's a railer, he's rebellious, he's a drunkard, he's an extortioner. He said, don't even sit down and eat with them. That's what he says. That's the word. He said, you don't have company. Don't go to their fellowship suppers. Mm-hmm. Don't be a part of them. Don't say, well, maybe if I just kumbaya myself to them a little bit, mm-hmm. then everything's going to be fine. Folks, listen, that's not going to bring them. What's going to be the, the, the marking of the last day's body is going to be holiness and righteousness right. and walking in the divine order of God, regardless of who likes it, who agrees with that's it, right. who's going to back you, who's going to pay for it, whatsoever. It's saying, you know what? I'm going to stand for the righteousness of God, mm-hmm. Jesus, uh, of Christ Jesus. I'm going to walk and I'm going to do exactly what he says, knowing that that if I do that, then in due season, I'm going to reap if I do not think. That's right. Amen. You want to chime in for that for a minute? Oh, my God. I'll kiss I'm, my breath. <laughs> I'm sitting up here thinking, it was just so much happening from that. I'm like, well, basically what you were saying was, what the Word was saying, shall I say, is be not conformed to the ways of the world, but transform you in your mind. And what the Word is saying is, do not go off of what what may feel good. Because a right. lot of people in the church, what's, what I see that's going so wrong in the body of Christ right now is because they're just trying to be nice. They're right. trying not to to bring offense to no one, which is good, but at the same time, we have to be obedient to this word. In order for someone to understand that they're doing wrong, we have to say point blank. I love you enough to say, dude, you're wrong in that. That's not what God's word is. Think not that I've come to bring peace, neighbor the sword. The Bible is clear on how God wants his church to be, not what man is saying the church should be. We need to get up in this word. We need to study this word. We need not to only go off of what the pastors, prophets, teachers are saying, but we need to get in this word ourselves so we right. can say, you know what, I hear what you're saying, Pastor, but according to God's word, this is what he expects us to do. Acts 17.11. <laughs> the Bible is clear on how we're supposed to respond Act and treat each other as the body. Right. But just as Jesus uh, said when you when you read uh, in Matthews, if, if your eye should offend you, plug it out. Once again, it does not mean literally. It simply means... If please don't. Please don't do that. It really means what, what, what I said earlier. It means if you see anything that's in the body of the organism, you have to remove that. You have to cast right. it out because it can bring down the rest of the body. I mean, evil com- uh, 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 evil man... Do not. The Bible tells us not to hang around an evil man because unless you uh, get from him, you'll draw from him. You'll right. take on his ways. So we have to understand point blank and clear, clear what God wants for His people, His body, and how we're supposed to respond and Amen. act. That's right. But it does not also mean to hate. No. Now we're not so called to hate because we have to be very careful on who, who's listening because they may uh, make it think make it. Try to, any member try to twist it up to make it feel like we're supposed to hate people because God does not hate anyone. He hates the deeds. Hates he sin. hates sin right. and what we allow to take place. 
But if we fervently try to convict, try to rebuke, and we try to explain in love what God wants for that person or that man or that woman, but they reject it completely, then, then they have to be cast out. They have to right. be cast away. Absolutely. And we just have to trust and start praying, God, you show them. We did what we supposed to do, but we have to focus on the body. We have to still focus with those who truly, truly, truly want to know and get with this Promoting righteousness, holiness, strength, health within the body. We have to. Folks, listen. The divine order of things says to cut off, to withdraw, Mm -hmm. not to keep company, to purge out those who walk disorderly or contrary to the divine protocol or the order of God. Mm -hmm. And this protocol, folks, always revolves having the remnant responsibility as ambassadors to Christ Mm -hmm. and as carriers of the covenant to go and tell other people. Mm -hmm. Listen, if you're not sharing your faith, if you're not witnessing, if you're not a harvester for the kingdom, you are not walking in divine protocol. You're not walking in order. You are conducting yourself disorderly. It's not a... it's not enough just to say I accept the Christ of the Lord as my Savior and I'm just now going to church, going to work, going home, going to church, going home. We have to be witnesses. We have right. to be, like you said, as the title that I took, ambassadors. We represent the kingdom of God. And that means grab hold of everyone That's we right. can to win them to Christ. But at the same time, it also means to actually remove those who are causing division, causing right. problems. Because the enemy, he's trickery. Which is why the Bible tells us to be yeah. warned about wolves that comes in sheep clothing. That's right. Okay, go. <laughs> See, I knew when I got started, he'd go off on it. Okay. It, it, it really, and I want to, I want to bring this to our, mm-hmm. our verse today. They're breaking away, folks, from this order. What it did, it got the Jews removed from their place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the Gentiles seem to think that they're immune to the righteous requirements of the Lord God Almighty. Mm-hmm. And we're not, folks. We're not. No, we're not. And so this brings us to verse 9. It really reveals kind of the environment that served to expose this lack of order. And really, I think it might surprise you. And, and here's what it's in Romans uh, chapter 11, verse 9. It says, And David said, Let their table be made a snare and a trap and a stumbling block and a recompense to them. That's an exact word-for-word quote from Psalm 69, 22-23. Paul's quoting exactly from Psalm 69, 22-23. And he says, Let their table be made a snare. Now, most people reading that, you're thinking to yourself, What does that mean? Folks, what that refers to when he says, Let their table be made a snare, refers to their prosperity. When he tells us, he tells us the 23rd something. He says, I've, I've prepared a table before you. When a table's prepared, it, it means you're prosperous. Uh-huh, uh-huh, okay. And so when, when the woman came to Jesus and said, would you heal my daughter? He said, you know, would, would I take the, the, the children's bread and give it to dogs? And she said what? She said, even the dogs get the scraps off the master's table. That's right. And so the table is where you sit. We look at David when he called the, the he looked, he said, is there anybody that, that's left from, from, from Saul or Jonathan's family? And they said, yeah, there's one Mephibosheth. And he brought him into his house and he said, you're always going to sit at my table. You're always going to prosper. Mm-hmm. And so when he talks about it, he said, let their table be made a snare. He talks about their, their, their prosperity. And so when God gave the law to Israel, what it did, it brought about with it undeniable benefits of blessing and prosperity. Just because God had handed them, He handed them the law, with it, boom, they began to prosper. That's right. They would go into bondage, they would prosper. Mm-hmm. They, would, they would be overtaken by their enemies, they would prosper. All these things, they would prosper. Why? Because they had possession of themselves, the, the law of God. And folks, listen, being a Christian also carries with it certain intangible benefits. Yes, it does. There's a prosperity that comes just by saying I'm a Christian. There's a, a benefit. And so what Amen. you will see really throughout biblical history, both relating to the Jews and the Gentiles alike, that when leaders even halfway 
followed the order of God that the people were blessed and benefited in every way imaginable. There was financial blessing. There was physical blessings and healing. There was a, a protection. There was power. All these things that you saw when people began to do it. So he says, what happened is their table has been made a snare and a trap and a stumbling block. So what was a benefit to them had become just the opposite. Now I want you to look. Here's a list of those benefits that he was talking about. And he gives he talks about here and gives the promise in Psalm 69. But I want you to look what Deuteronomy says. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1 through 14. Here is the, here's the promises and the benefits that, that are there. So if we're walking, here's the table of the Lord that spread. It says, It shall come to pass, if you'll hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord, get in order, mm-hmm. to observe all the things and do His commandments, get in order, which I command this day, get in order, that the Lord will set thee on high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake you, if you shall hearken unto the voice of the Lord, if you'll get in order. Mm-hmm. He said, You'll be blessed in the city, you'll be blessed in the field. You shall be blessed to the fruit of your body and the fruit of your ground and the fruit of your cattle, increase of, uh, of your kind and the, the flocks of your sheep, blessed in the basket and in the store, blessed when you come in, blessed when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies to rise up come against thee to be smitten before your face. Mm-hmm. They shall come against you in every way and they will flee from you seven ways. Mm-hmm. The Lord will command a blessing upon your storehouses and all that you settle your land to, He shall bless thee in the land which the Lord has given you. Mm-hmm. The Lord shall establish you a holy people unto Himself and He has sworn unto you if you will keep the commandments of the Lord and walk in His ways. Mm-hmm. There's the order. Right. And all the people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord. And what are we? We're called by the name of the Lord. We're oh, called Christians right. even. And shall be afraid of you. Mm. Listen to that. Mm. You know what? There was a day and age where you'd walk into a place of a bunch of hellions. You'd walk into the place of a bunch of rebellious folks, and you'd say a Christian, oh, I don't want to say anything. <laughs> folks, now you can walk into the bunch of rebellious people, and you know what? They're no longer afraid. Mm-mm. They'll continue. They'll you could walk in, right. If one Christian would walk in front of a nightclub or a saloon or, a, or, 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 or anything like that, a bar, and one Christian was out there, man, people would be ducking for cover because they wouldn't want to see the Christian. Mm-hmm. Now you can go and you can take, we'll, we'll take 125 people and dump them in the middle of Bourbon Street, and you know what? They know we're Christians. We've got uh, crosses raised and preaching the word. You know mm-hmm. what? They're no longer a fear. Why? Because the church has gotten out of order. That's right. There was a day and age where a few church people could have went up and they could have shut down every bar in town. That's right. They could have shut down every strip club. They could have shut down every uh, purveyor of pornography and everything else. Why? Because we walked in divine order. And I believe that when God begins to bring a remnant people back in divine order, we'll go into cities and we won't call revival three special days and a few CDs and a That's senior right. with, a, right. with a fancy haircut. We'll see revival when the body of Christ rises up and we begin to flow as an organism. Mm-hmm. When the apostle starts being an Come apostle on, and the evangelist starts acting like an evangelist That's and right. the prophet starts prophesying, the teacher starts teaching and the, and the pastor starts pastoring and mm-hmm. people get in the order of God and begin to move in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We're going to begin to see those things shut down when the remnant rises up and the power of the authority of God begins to be moved. We're going That's to right. see that. We're going to be in to command the blessing and the Lord will make you plenteous and good in the fruit of your body and the fruit of your cattle and the fruit of your ground and the land which the Lord swore before you, the fathers, there's that, co- that covenant, and mm-hmm. the Lord shall open up you His good treasure and heaven to give you uh, rain unto the land of your season and bless all the work of your hand, and you shall lend unto nations and you shall not be the borrower. Which one is it? He's got. Mm. The Lord shall open up a good treasure. The heathen will give rain into your land for season. 
to, to bless all the work of your hand, and shall, shall lend to the nation, you shall not borrow. And the Lord shall make you the head and not the tail, and above and not beneath. If you will hearken unto the command of God, which I command you this day, to observe and do them all. And you shall not go aside from, uh, from uh, the words which I command, the order uh, uh, to his day, to his right hand, to his left, to go after other gods. Brother, I hear people trying to preach that that are out of order. Mm-hmm. They are saying, we got, we're the head and we're not the tail. We're the first and we're last. We're blessed mm-hmm. coming in. We're blessed going out. But they're not working in order. No, that's right. What they don't realize right. is when they preach that message and they're not doing what God says, mm-hmm. they are basically issuing an indictment against themselves. That's what they're doing. They're, they're, they're trying to tell their people, you're going to be blessed. He's going to open up treasure. He's going to bless your ground. But they're not telling them, here's what you've got to do. You've got exactly. to get in exactly. order. Exactly. Don't you see that all exactly. the time? Yes. And so what yes. happens is rather than the blessing coming upon the church or the body, what happens is the judgment comes upon it. Mm. And they're thinking, man, why is that preacher now in, in adultery? Why is the church falling apart? Why is all these divorces happening? Why is why are our, our children on drugs and in rebellion? Mm-hmm. Why is nothing happening? Why? Because you're out of order. That's right. And we've got to put that stuff. I don't care if they call themselves a bishop, set it in order. I don't care if they're the janitor, set it in order. We've mm-hmm. got to come back in the divine order and the protocol. And so, but the reason in, in verse 9 of Romans 11 calls it a snare, it says that that's going to become a snare to you, the table is, is because they begin to equate blessing with the approval of God. Mm-hmm. And so this is why we can never, folks, I want to say this, we can never equate blessing with being in the will of God or walking in the order of God. Because those things come to even those who are partially doing the will of God. Mm-hmm. What does he say? He said, I'll cause it to rain on the righteous as well as the unrighteous. That's right. So don't That's just right. think because you've got a lot of rain coming your way that you're in the will of God. And so, folks, what's happened in the church, they thought, well, we're blessed. Well, that guy's got a big ministry. He must be in the will of God. Mm-hmm. Or this person, their, their gifts and signs and wonders, haven't they been in the will of God? What's he saying? He said, don't think that that's happened. That's he right. said that that table, he said it's going to become a snare. Because you thought just because the judgment is not upon you, just because death didn't visit you, just because you certainly uh, suddenly didn't just dry up and fall apart, that you think God's blessing that? Mm. He said, nah, uh uh <laughs> He said, what's happening is you're, you're, that blessing or that table that's set before you, that prosperity has become a snare and a stumbling block. That's what it says. It really refers to the fact that Israel stumbled over the very blessing that was intended for their betterment. And what happened is that they started focusing on the gift rather than the giver, mm-hmm. and it became the snare to them. That's right. Brother, we're seeing it repeated all over again. Yes. If yes. we can't learn from history, we'll just repeat history. And I, I don't know about you, brother, but I would rather learn from somebody else's mistake than my own. Exactly. I've made enough of my own. And that's the reason why we even have the Word of God. I that's mean, absolutely. God gives us instructions and also gives us warnings and give us, give us examples of yep. what could happen. Also, so, but a lot of people don't want to go there and see the, the failure and see the, the, the problems that yep. came from the individuals, the Jews, the Israelites. They just want, like you just read, they want all the blessings. They want to declare and decree the blessings, but they don't understand if we also... Yep. Fall short. Or should I say, if we also neglect the order of God, yep. and as you continue to do this study from 13 to 22, they're going to actually understand more about what God, how God is saying how we too can also be cast away. Right. He said this in verse 10 of Romans 11. He said, Let their eyes be darkened that they may not see and bow down their back away. Let their eyes be darkened, folks. It's the consequence of, being, of losing sight of God's plan and order. If you lose sight of that, mm-hmm. you're not going to see the things of God. Mm-hmm. And so when somebody shares something and they're getting it and they're getting blessed and, and God is moving in their life and they're broken before the Lord, you're not going to see it because you're going to be blinded. Matthew 15, 14. Write this down. Matthew 15, 14. It says, Let them alone 
Because they are blind leaders of the blind. Mm. If the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the... Let them alone. Cast them out. Don't listen to that mess. Don't watch their TV program. Don't buy their tapes. Don't do their stuff. Why? Because if they're not walking in order, they are blind leaders of the blind. And even though it may look good, even though you may think they're prosperous, even though they may be running 20,000, even though their books may be on the Mm -hmm. top of the Mm -hmm. the bestsellers list, he said what they're going to do is he said their table is going to become a snare, not just to them, but to you as well. And he said, you're going to fall into the ditch. You're going to be following blind leaders of the blind. And the prophet Ezekiel says the same thing in Ezekiel 12, 1 and 2. He says, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, whose word? The Lord of the word. Pastor Monzel's word? Nope. Pastor Troy's word? No, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, son of man, you dwell in the midst of a rebellious house, Mm. okay, which have eyes to see and they do not see. I've given them ears to hear, but they do not hear. For they are a rebellious house. They are out of order. And I love this verse from John 10, verses 19 and 21. John 10, 19 and 21. He says, There was division again among the Jews for this saying. And many of them says, spoke of Jesus said, He has a devil and he's mad. Why do you listen to him? And others said, These are not the words of him that has a devil. Can a devil open the eyes of the blind? Come on now. You know, brother, some people hear us preaching this, some traditional folks, and they'll say, We're just full of devils. They'll say that we're just mean-spirited, that we're, we're contentious. Absolutely not, folks. We're here to open the eyes of the blind. Mm-hmm. It says, others said, or the remnant said. Most were saying, listen, he's full of devils. But it said, others said, a very few people, a remnant said, uh-uh, eyes are being opened, That's and right. the devil's not here to open eyes. He's here to blind their eyes. That's right. Others are the remnant. Then he goes on to say, and they'll bow their back away with pride. Folks, listen. If you're not seeing the things that God has, what's going to happen? You're going to find yourself caught up with pride. And we know that, 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 that pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. Mm-hmm. We've got to humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord and He'll lift you up in due season. That's right. That He gives grace. He gives the divine influence of God upon the heart and it's reflection in life to the humble but rejects the proud. That's right. We've seen 2,000 years. We've seen the, the Jews that were disdained. We saw them that they were rejected. We saw them they were dispersed. God in His mercy brought them back. That's right. They were rejected for a period of time. Folks, don't fall into the same category as a Gentile believer in the mm-hmm. Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Don't let your, your rebellion, don't let your stiff-neckedness, don't let your, your pride stand in the way of God's blessing. Mm-hmm. And don't uh, uh, confuse that God's kept you and God's given you opportunity that says that you're in the favor and the will of God. That's right. Oh, Brother, it's so good to have you this morning with us. Oh, I enjoyed this. I'm, I'm going to be back. Hey, man, <laughs> good to have you. Good, good to have some. I know you guys uh, like it when you don't have to just look at my mug all the time, like it when somebody's in. But we're out of time here today. But we're going to be back on Monday for uh, another uh, installment of the Raven Institute of Ministry and Biblical Studies. Be praying for us. We're going to be out this weekend. We have folks coming in. Uh, uh, Evangelist Ivan Iskowitz, uh, uh, Pastor uh, uh, Sergio Iglesias and his family. We've got different mm-hmm. ones that are coming in. Pastor Lance and Lee Prathotakis. They're coming in from uh, Midwest. We're going to be out here in the uh, a quarter of a million bikers that have come into our, our community. Yeah, and so what we're going to do, we're going to get in order. Gonna get and we're going to go order. out there and we're going to order our <laughs> conversation right that they can right. see the salvation of God. Folks, we love you so much. Once again, Pastor Manziel, God bless you. God anoints you. Thank you. Pray for us. We'll be praying for you. But i got one bit of advice for you as we close today. Get into God's Word and God's Word will get into you.